Good evening. As we embark upon the series entitled Staying Faithful for our messages here at Richmond Hill, I invite you back to the scripture that was read into your hearings from Philippians 3, 12 through 14. And I want to tag as a topic to this message, I'm not turning back. Unlike Carl Lewis, Venus, or Serena Williams, Derek Redman is not a name that conjures up memories of Olympic gold medals. But it is Redman who defines the essence of the human spirit. Redman arrived at the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona determined to win a medal. The color didn't matter. He just wanted a medal in the 400. He had been forced to withdraw from the 400 at the 1988 Seoul-South Korea Games only 10 minutes before the race because of an Achilles tendon injury. He then underwent five surgeries over the next year. This was the same runner who had shattered the British 400-meter record at age 19. So when the 1992 games arrived, this was his time. It was his moment, his stage to show the world how good he was and who he was. Derek's father, Jim, accompanied him to Barcelona, just as he did for all of his world competitions. They were as close as a father and son could be, inseparable, really. The best of friends, when Derek ran, it was as if the father was running with him. They agreed that if anything bad happens, no matter what it is, Derek has to finish the race, period. The top four finishers in each of the two semifinal heats qualify for the Olympic final. As the race time approaches for the semifinal 400 heat, Jim heads up to his seat at the top of Olympic Stadium, not far from where the Olympic torch had been lit earlier during the week. He was wearing his t-shirt that read, Have you hugged your foot today? With the help of his father, an injured Derek Redmond is preparing to complete his race in the 1992 Olympics. The stadium is packed with 65,000 fans bracing themselves for one of sport's greatest and most exciting events. The race begins and Derek Redmond breaks from the pack and quickly seizes the lead. Keep it up, keep it up, his father says to himself. Down the back stretch, only 175 meters away from finishing, Redmond is a shoe-in to make the finals. Suddenly, he hears a pop in his right hamstring. He pulls up lame as if he had been shot. Oh no, says Jim to himself. His face pales, his leg quivering. Redmond begins hopping on one leg, then slows down and falls to the track. As he lays on the track, clutching his hamstring, a medical personnel unit runs towards him. At the same time, Jim Redmond, seeing his son in trouble, races down from the top row of the stand, sidestepping people and bumping into others. He has no credentials to be on the track, but all he thinks about is getting to his son to help him up. I wasn't going to be stopped by anybody, he later tells the media. On the track, Redmond realizes his dream of an Olympic medal is gone. Tears run down his face. All I could think was, I'm out of the Olympics again. As the medical crew arrives with a stretcher, Redmond tells them, no, there's no way I'm getting on that stretcher. I'm going to finish my race. So slowly, he starts hobbling to get up on his feet. Redmond lifts himself to his feet and ever so slowly moves down the track. The other runners have finished the race with Steve Lewis finishing 
with a 44.5 in the race, and suddenly everyone realizes that Redmond isn't dropping out of the race by hobbling off to the side of the track. Redmond has decided that he was going to finish his race, catch me in the spirit. He said, I wasn't doing it for the crowd. Thoughts are searing, of searing pain is running through his body as the crowd cheers him on, but he wasn't doing it for the crowd. One painful step at a time, he says, I'm the one who has to live with it. Each one a little slower and more painful than the step before. His face twisted with pain and tears, Redmond lips onward, and the crowd, many in tears, cheer him on. Suddenly, Jim Redmond finally gets to the bottom of the stands, leaping over the railing, avoids a security guard, and runs out to his son with two security people chasing after him. That's my son out there, and nothing is going to stop me. I'm going to help him. Finally, with Derek refusing to surrender and painfully limping along the track, Jim reaches his son at the final curve, about 120 meters from the finish line, and wraps his arms around his waist. I'm here, son, Jim softly says, hugging his son. We'll finish this together. Derek puts his arms around his father's shoulder and sobs together, arm in arm, father and son with 65,000 people cheering, clapping and crying, finishing the race just as they vowed they would. A couple of steps from the finish line and with the crowd in an absolute frenzy, Jim releases the grip he has on his son so that Derek could cross the finish line by himself. Then he throws his arms around Derek again, crying along with everyone in the stands and on TV. I'm the proudest father alive, he tells the press afterwards, tears in his eyes. I'm prouder of him than I would have been if he had won the gold medal. It took a lot of guts for him to do what he did. In this story, we see the determination of a young man. In this story, we see what a father will do for his child. In this story, we see what keeping our eye on the prize will get us even if we don't finish first. In this story, it is apparent that even though we're not perfect, even though we haven't obtained all that we're striving for, even though things are working against us, giving up is not an option. Can somebody just say, I'm not turning back? 2020 has dealt us blow after blow. We have had hamstring after hamstring pulled, if you will. We've, uh, we've experienced a global pandemic. We've experienced the televised killing of one black person after another. We've seen where a black woman can be killed while sleeping and no one be held accountable for it. We've experienced the death of 215,000 people because of COVID-19. We've seen the reports of 7 million people contracting that same virus. We know the economic structure in this country is unstable. We know that the government is unstable. We know that people are at risk of losing health care. And saints, we can't turn back now. We absolutely cannot turn back to a state of mind where people of color are seen as three-fifths of a human being. We cannot allow any systems to be in control of how a woman handles her own body. We cannot let people with boxed-in mindsets dictate who we love. Paul suggested that we keep our eyes on the prize, which is our calling in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? 
For me, it means that we must focus on the things that God has assigned to our hands. We must address those things that have us stuck in dysfunctional behaviors. Anything that creates exclusivity of people who don't look like us, act like us, think like us, or believe like us. This means that we must deal with our own ills instead of the continuation of so many social ills that keep others oppressed and outside of what we believe to be the right thing. Paul also suggests that we forget those things that are behind us. But let me warn you of this. Whatever you do not confront of your own past, whatever you do not confront in your own yard, can't be forgetting. We must deal with anything from our past that may cause us to treat others or ourselves any way other than godly. We don't forget those things from the past by acting like they didn't happen. When these experiences of our past have been filled with the obstacles of peer pressure, low self-esteem, wanting to be accepted or to fit in, wanting to be nurtured, wanting to be loved, to feel safe, to know who you really are and have a sense of purpose and significance, and we don't deal with those issues of woundedness, we can't forget. And people of God, we can't turn back either. We must press toward the mark to which the Lord is calling us. We all want to belong, to be appreciated, to be supported and encouraged. And yet there are those times when we can not find anybody externally to offer it to us. So we have to remind ourselves that even while we are pressing toward the mark, that the race that has been given to us is not to the swift nor to the strong, but the race is for the one who will endure until the end. You've got a goal to reach. You've got a God who is standing at the finish line waiting to help you across, just like Derek Reckman's dad. We all have periods in our lives where we want to give up, where we want to throw in the towel, quit our assignment, forget about pressing through anything, and forget about anybody who is going to think about our decision. But there's something deep on the inside of each one of us that won't let us quit, that won't let us give up, that won't let us turn back. Tell yourself, I'm not turning back. So how do we press forward? I'm glad you asked. All of what we need to know is right here in this scripture. There are three movements in this pericope. It says we must know, we must forget, and we must move. Walk with me if you would. The first thing we must look at is we must know who we are. We are the children of the Most High God. We must take inventory of who we are and where we are in our lives. We have to be honest about what's really going on. Paul says, friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on a goal. We can't let our socioeconomic status, our education status, or our, mar our marital status dictate our destiny. We can't let our community, our family, or our group of friends get in the way of us reaching our goal. We can't let the church or the government or any other entity keep us from pressing toward the mark to which God is calling us. We are children of God, so we can accomplish anything through God who gives us strength. So we must remember who we are. And then secondly, if we're going to forget anything, forget about those who don't believe in us. We must work through those things and work against the words that people who have spoken ill of us, we must press those things out of our mind as we deal with our stuff.
We must work through the things that have hurt us, those things that are keeping us from focusing on the goals that we have ahead of us. Often the people who don't believe in us are projecting the disbelief that they have in themselves. People who can't believe for themselves are going to do one, of two, one or two things. They're going to push you to do more than, or they're going to discourage you so that you won't do more than they think possible for themselves. So we must know who we are. Let whichever way people talk to you be the thing that people, uh, that pushes you towards your mark. So we must know who we are. We must forget about those who don't believe in us. And finally, we must move toward the goal that is laid out for us. Look back at the story I told you at the beginning of this message about Derek Redman. Derek didn't wait for anything but the sound of the gun to start his race. What are you waiting for? Dr. Lisa came this evening to challenge you. I came to ask you if you're moving toward the goal of equality. Are you pressing forward or turning back to the ways of old? Are you willing to be a part of the pressing that will make all men and women equal? Or are you turning back to the systems that are complicit with biases, prejudices, and racist behaviors? In 1963, Dr. King's I Have a Dream message charges these United States with writing a bad check up to people of color. I quote, he said, it's obvious that today America has defaulted on the promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in this great, in the great vaults of opportunity in this nation. And so far, so for this evening, we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We have also come to this hallowed spot, Dr. King said, to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to, to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. Saints, I pray that you won't allow life circumstances to keep you in a stuck place or to force you to turn back. I pray that you will continue to press toward the mark, that goal that is moving you towards your destiny. And the beauty is just like Derek Redman's dad came to help him get up and make it to the finish line, we've got a community of people and family and friends who will help us in our pressing. So do like Derek Redman did when he put all of his weight on his daddy. Put your weight on the one who is able to keep you from falling. Put your weight on the creator and the sustainer of this universe. Now is not the time for us to turn back. Dr. King's speech was 57 years ago, and we are having the same conversation now. So I close with his words. It would be fatal for this nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. The sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until there is an invigorating, invigorating autumn of freedom and equality.
1963 is not an end and neither is 2020, but it is a beginning. And those who hope that the people of color need to blow off the steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual and there will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro, until the people of color, until black and brown people are granted citizenship rights equal to everybody else. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. People of God, I'm not turning back.